Hello, this is Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, and you are listening to Conversations with Smart, Amazing Women. Each and every week, we bring to you a woman who's going to help you in some aspect of your life. How about your business? We are all about business. We are all women, women, women businesses. Fastest growing trends in the United States are women-owned businesses. Why not? We buy 85% of products and services, so we should be developing business that we can really take hold of the market and have it work for us. That feminine part of us we can use to make the world a different and a better place. Health. I don't know about you, but I go every year and have everything checked out. Um, And so I'm hoping you're doing the same because your health is everything. Lose your health, and it really doesn't matter. Anything else just really doesn't make a difference. So Dr. Mom, I know she's alive and well, but also Dr. Mom has to take very, very good care of herself. So get to the, get to your OBGYN, your, your primary care physician, whoever. Get your eyes, your ear, every orifice. Get it checked out. It's important. Take care of yourself. And along with that, staying fit and vital. I just uh, had a, a great opportunity to go to a country that is absolutely gorgeous, but I had to be fit and had to be vital. I did my first bungee jump, but again, my bucket list is long, and to do so, I'm going to have to stay fit, and I'm going to have to stay strong, and I have to to stay on top of my game. So Women Connect for Good uh, Foundation, Women Speak Project, we're all about helping you to be at your very, very best and keep growing and becoming more and more who you want to be and do the things you really love and are passionate about in your life relationships, relationships. But there's different kinds of relationships. The one with yourself. How did you feel about yourself when you woke up this morning? Did you like what you saw in the mirror? Did you like her? Did you feel good about her? Was your body image, your self-esteem good? That's an important relationship, and if it's not good, you better start working on it because if you don't like you, who in the heck is going to like you? Let's face it. It starts with you. It starts with each one of us. But there's also the relationships of those that we have in our families, those that we have in our places of work, and those that we see in the greater world, the global world. So Women Connect for Good Foundation is all about helping women to help other women to be smart and amazing. It's all about connecting for good. If one of us suffers, we all suffer. So it's a matter of really connecting in your community and that greater good, taking your time, your talent, and your passion and making a difference. And today we're going to talk about something because I love these kind of stories. I love the stories of triumph. I love the stories of our heroines. I love the stories of women who have challenged and gone forward and now are making a difference to help others to do the same. So today, my amazing guest is a survivor. Her name is Aura Embaras, and I love her philosophy of life. She goes, I want to live life to the fullest and in the process of others along the way. I want to squeeze out each and every moment out of life and use it to its maximum. Every day has the potential of a lifetime. Yes, we're not promised uh, tomorrow, today, uh, yesterday is gone, and today is all we have. We're not promised tomorrow, so live like today was your last day. I really like Aurora's uh, philosophy of life. 
inspiring, of course. She's a motivational speaker, so of course she is inspiring. She's an educator and the author of a critically acclaimed memoir, which is also a Pulitzer Prize entry, an American bestseller. It is called Out of Transylvania Night, a story of tyranny, freedom, love, and identity. And yes, she really is from Transylvania, and that is where, of course, Dracula came from. So anyway, I had to invite Aurora, Aurora to come and speak with me in conversations with smart, amazing women. And she said yes. So today we're talking to Aurora. So I want to thank you for being with me. And let's talk about this amazing story because there are many, many lessons learned and many lessons that you can share with us as well. Well, thank you so much for having me. You know, it's really a pleasure being on your show, Dr. Nancy. It's important also, I think, you know, women, we women uh, have this tendency to look at other women and we go, gosh, she's got it all together. You know, she seems, everything seems to be so easy for her. She's so smart. She's so pretty. <laughs> she has it all together. And I don't think uh, oftentimes we think about the journeys that people have gone through to be where they are. You know, when I first met you, I had no idea of, of your personal story, but once I learned of it and read more about you and your book, uh, you have such a wonderful story of triumph to share with others. So I'd really like for you to tell us your story, your personal story, what, why you're even doing what you're doing today. So let's start with that. <laughs> Okay, well, I really believe that the moment we are born, we might have a destiny, but we have so many choices that are involved. And since I was a kid, I was always lining up my dolls, and I was playing school. And I remember at one point my cousin that was part of the many dolls I have lined up in my bedroom, that she was a real person, and she was two years younger. And after like probably half an hour, she decided to leave. And my mom asked her why she not staying longer. And she said, well, because Aura is always playing the same and the same game that we're in school and she's giving us homework. And I'm a little bit sick and tired of homework and doing and all this work that she's requiring. So I'm going to go home. And so I think that since I was a child, I always wanted to help others. And that was somehow ingrained in me. And I always wanted to be a student of life. So at the same time, if I'm teaching, I'm also learning, constantly learning from my students from the outside environment. And I think that in life, pretty much, you know, you do know what you know. And so that's going to be your knowledge. And you are definitely aware of what you don't know. And whenever I go to Barnes & Nobles, I'm always amazed how much I don't know. And then I think we're dealing with what we call I don't know what I don't know, and that probably that's like 90% and it should be discovered. Yeah. So I, yeah, I believe I know, that I there is was, so much. 20, out, yeah, mm -hmm. I know when I was 25, I was pretty sure I knew everything. And, and every year <laughs> I know less and less. So I, I absolutely understand what you, what you mean by I know what I don't know. And I've been learning more and more about what I don't know. Exactly. And many times I really think that I'm exposed to each and every day. I'm really exposed to new things. and I'm exposed to people that are bringing just their own perception of the same thing. And so it's just another way for me to challenge myself because I always say if I cannot walk in someone else's shoes, maybe I can understand at least, you know, being a bench warmer 
how they're thinking, how they've got to that conclusion. And I think while I'm growing older, you know, I try to be a little bit more accepting things that I cannot change and and realizing that not everybody, you know, was born in the same family or had the same culture or was exposed to the same things and kind of like be there and meet them halfway. Um, So, I mean, I think that growing up in communist Romania, it's not necessarily the the environment that I would have picked up for myself. I love the country. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, the, the city where I am from was cultural capital of Europe in 2007, and the name is Sibiu. And it's absolutely amazing if people are interested in architecture, in Gothic and Baroque and Renaissance architecture. I mean, they are going to find each and every one of them over there in the city. But then, obviously, not everything was bright and sunny and in pink shades when I was growing up because I grew up under the communist regime, so everything was uh, gray and depressing, and there was no light seen at the end of the tunnel. And that pretty much, that's how I was growing up until the age of 18 when we had the revolution, the Romanian revolution in 1989, and we got rid of Ceausescu. We actually were the first country, and I think until now probably the only one, who shot the president and his wife on national television. Oh, wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> talking about talk about Vlad Dracula. Oh, my God. I mean, yeah. we are... Pennsylvania, oh, that's... Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Well, yeah, you know, and, and, and most of us really have no idea uh, about that, or uh, you know, we just don't understand it. I think since 9/11, maybe Americans have become a little bit more aware and a little bit more understanding of what tyranny and what uh, violence and, and what uh, you know what what we really fear. I mean, that we do have to fear certain things. So I think the, the United States has become much more. Aware and again, since we become more and more of a global world, uh, we're understanding more and more about politics in other countries. But, but again, your your life was some. Uh, yeah, you had lots of lots of lots of challenges, ones that most people can't even begin to understand. But yet, there was something very very different about you that uh, you know. And I think I think that's where the story really gets very very good. Is that. Some people are still oppressed in their countries. We know that. We know there are people in many yes. uh, communist countries and many countries right now uh, that are, are very oppressed either by po- politics or religion or poverty or all the above. But, yeah, your story is you, you were different. What, what, what is that about for you? Well, I do believe that the outside environment has a huge influence. I do believe that the family you've been growing up has a huge difference and makes a huge difference in your life. But, you know, especially because by the age of 18, you kind of like you're a little bit formed and you're formed by other people's opinions after all. But I think at one point, it's it's going to come to really your choice. Do I want to be happy or do I want to be right? Do I want to be depressed this morning or do I want to be happy? And it is, after all, a choice in the morning. Well, when you're always going to wait for others to make you happy or the environment, the proper environment to give you the reasons to be happy, you'll never find the proper environment. You'll never find the right person to make you happy. So I think that I kind of like I was always smiling since I was a kid. And even if I was growing up during the communist regime and and people were afraid 
and were constantly looking over their own shoulders to see exactly if there's someone watching them, it's spying on them, it's turning them in. I always believe that that's not how humans are. We were, we, we were not born like that. We did not grow up like that. I mean, someone else made us being afraid of. Someone else made us being incarcerated by our own ideas. Right. And I, I, I believe whenever I meet someone, I never go with preconceived ideas just because of the background that I have, that, oh, my God, maybe this person is here to harm me or maybe this person is here to backstab me. I always give the benefit of doubt, and I consider people starting with an A and then give them an A, and then if they will continue, you know, to impress me, they will still receive that A, and if not, I mean, they will go from an A to a B or a C or a D, but I'm never going to, based on my background, based on my past, I'm going to judge the new people that are coming in my life based on whatever I was going through. So, and I think that's that's pretty much what maybe I'm a little bit different, and I always tried. I mean, I know there are tons of reasons for us to complain, and there were tons of reasons for us then, you know, during the communist regime when, you know, the food was rationed and the electricity was rationed and, you know, the borders of the country were closed and there was nowhere to go and nothing to do, really. Uh, there were tons of reasons to be depressed, but there are also tons of reasons to be happy. You know, if you just wake up in the morning and you listen to the birds chirping, you know, mm-hmm. the bird is not, you know, chirping because she has an audience. You know, the bird is chirping because it's happy. To her, it's not Tuesday, yeah. it's not Wednesday, it's not Thursday, it's now. Yeah. And she doesn't know if she's going to chirp in the next five minutes or so, but she's just singing her song now. And yeah. I kind of like because, you know, the future was never. Um, given, you know, it was always something that was under huge question mark during the communist regime. I kind of like learned to to live at the present moment in the now more than ever. And I was like, well, tomorrow it, it's not, it's a gift. And if I'm going to wake up, you know, tomorrow I'm going to make the best out of it. But if I'm not, I, I know that I have no regrets. Mm-hmm. And if I were to be given a second chance, I would have probably lived my life in the same way I did. Yeah. I maybe... You know, the outside environment would be different, but, you know, my internal struggles and my internal resolutions would have been the same. Yeah. You know, you say you talked to your father. You were telling me earlier that you called your (laughs) father every morning in in, in Romania, which I think is an absolutely wonderful thing to hear. But but it sounds to me also that, you know, your your choice and your decision to come to the United States after leaving a a country where, again, you you decided to make a choice for yourself and to, to... to create your own destiny, so to speak, but that you also have had a very supportive, loving, and caring network and support group, your 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 family, uh, no doubt, yes. you friends and people in your life that were extremely important for that for that to to occur, and and of course, then you've connected, you keep your ties there as well. But but leaving your country must have been difficult too, because again, you did leave loved ones, and you did come to the United States, and. You know, you talk about the American dream, and I think we all still talk about that. I mean, again, the United States, people all over the world are saying, if I can come to America, you know, I can I can really create create my uh, destiny. I can create and choose uh, my life and, and, and have more opportunities. But um, how did you come to that decision finally? Well, I, I really think that people have very many houses, but they have only one home, and really home is where your heart belongs. And I know that it sounds so cliche, but it's so true. 
And I, I always thought that somehow I did not belong to Romania. It's not that I was not Romanian. It just felt that I wanted to be given more opportunities. And obviously, during the communist regime, we were lacking opportunities. And so my parents were exposed to Russian. I actually, I had English and French, you know, in high school. And even if it was like one hour per week, was still, I was a little bit more exposed to, to the Western world. And so after the communist regime, everything was going pretty okay, but obviously transitions were long and tedious. And I just, I always had this dream that I would somehow end up in a country that had, you know, palm trees and ocean. And so since I was a guy. <laughs> <Good> idea. <laughs> I, yeah. I was dreaming this over and over again. And I would tell my parents and my parents were like, well, there are no palm trees in Romania. And I said, I know, but I do feel that I'm going to go somewhere where there are going to be palm trees and there's going to be an ocean. And my parents were like, well, we do have the Black Sea. And I'm like, that's what not I'm talking about. That's not my point. Uh-huh. And so I, you know, the communist regime fell in 1989. I was, it was in 1996 where literally um, I bumped into the, the family's photographer and he told me that he's, um, daughter was actually living in the United States and I kind of like started listing all the ways that people can come to the United States and none was the way she came and you know she came to America and so he told me about this green card lottery that was the very first time I've heard about it and I said a lottery and he said yeah it's literally a lottery and I was like okay well you know I, like any California lottery you cannot win if you don't buy a one dollar ticket And I said, so what am I supposed to do? And he said, well, there is a form that you have to fill out for one year in advance, and then you just put your name in, and, you know, you hope for the best. So I did, you know, I I was like, okay, it doesn't cost me anything. I don't have to dig in the garden, you know, or I have to squeeze my brain. I said, sure, I mean, that's easy. So I did it, and sure enough, I, you know, there were 12 million applicants from all over the world competing for this 55,000 green cards that United States was, is still giving out each and every year. And um, 4 million were actually disqualified for whatever reason. And then out of 8 million people, they have chosen 55,000 that, you know, were given the chance to come to the United States. Wow. And um, when, when I did that and I won it, um, I, I was facing a very different reality because finally – I could have really leave, left my country, you know, put everything behind me and go to the, that dream of palm trees and the ocean, but not knowing what I'm going to do there because there was no job that was secure. There is no apartment where I would end up in. There was nothing here. That was zero, just the palm trees and the ocean. Yeah. Well. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> And on the other hand, now Romania was not communist anymore, and I had my own um, house over there. I was teaching for the university. I was a journalist. So it kind of like felt that everything was in its place in Romania, but it was not. Yeah, all the stars lined up for you, didn't they? Exactly, exactly. And I said, no, I think I'm going to leave everything behind, and I'm going to just start my luck and see how it's going. And I remember, you know, my mom, she asked me a very simple question. She said, so just tell me what are you going to do there? I said, uh-huh. well, I, I just don't know. I said, maybe I'll start washing dishes, you know, to begin with, just to kind of like pay for utilities and pay for a teeny tiny rent. And I said, then we'll go from there. 
And she said, well, you know, I have tons of dishes in my kitchen, so if you'd like to come and wash them, you don't even have to buy a plane ticket. So, <laughs> Well, I can take care of that. I can take, take yeah, care of that. Yeah, you right know, now, I mean, but... if you want that job, I can give it to you. That's no problem. You don't even have to invest anything. Oh, man. So I said, um, well, I don't totally appreciate your offer, but um, no, I want to actually go and see if, if I can, you know, this dream can actually become a reality. And I would have, you know, uh, kinds of doubt if I would not have gone and would not have taken this opportunity. Yeah. And so I, you know, with my boyfriend at the time, you know, we married, we bought two plane tickets, and with two pieces of luggage, we came here and we landed on LAX. That was, you know, my intention to come straight to LA because mm-hmm. of the weather, because people are so bright and sunny and happy. And um, <laughs> and I said, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I just don't. But it was that that willingness that no matter what, I know what Romania can offer to me and what is in Romania. How about if I'm just going to take, you know, one step towards the unknown and see if the unknown can come known. So I kind of like had that craziness of like, you know what, I've known it, I've seen it, what's next? So where can I go next? And that's where, you know, I ended up here not really knowing much. I mean, I was more into the British English, you know, versus American English. And I was, I mean, I saw a couple of American movies, but considering that I grew up, you know, in, in the communist regime, the, the touch, the outside environment presented in the Western world was really not um, broadcasted, you know, in Romania, because we did not want to see how, what an amazing lifestyle, exactly, people have, and we were living in scarcity and depressions, and so you, we didn't see that, I mean, I saw teeny tiny small movies about the United States, but the desire, you know, and something inside of us, Dr. Nancy, I think it's going to tell us if we are right or wrong, and unfortunately, we're always questioning others. Instead of you know believing in ourselves, uh, L.A. is a, is definitely. I mean, there's many parts of the country where people enter New York and many many parts of the of the United States. When you first come in, there's a lot of diversity, and I think that's one thing that really makes maybe assimilation a little bit easier in these areas because there really are such a, a diverse populations and p- so many people coming in for so many different worlds, especially into California and L.A. area. So. But I mean, American dream, and and what what were the lessons though that you had to learn quickly? And I think that's kind of what this book is about: is talking about, you know, the lessons that we all have to learn, and and that hopefully we can share those lessons as we learn them. But what were the lessons that you were learning along the way? Well, I mean, I think that probably my number one lesson was, you know, not to blame anybody. You know, just blame yourself. I have no control over the outside environment. I have no control over other people. You know, the only control I have, full control, is myself. So, I mean, I might be dealing with pain, but suffering is my choice. I might be dealing with, you know, harm, but, you know, again, how I respond to that harm is going to be my choice. So I kind of, like, learned that stop blaming others because in Romania we would always blame the regime. We would always blame yeah. the government. Yeah. We would always, you know, it was like, no, I, I cannot blame anybody else. I have to blame myself for whatever I'm doing right or wrong and I have to take responsibility. I have to really grow up. 
So that that was number one. And then number two was lack of judgment because in Romania, I mean, all of us were Romanians, but I did not really, I was not exposed to tons of cultures or, I mean, I grew up, I'm Hungarian and German, Romanian and Greek. But I mean, we're talking about all the cultures in the world, just all of them, you can find them, you know, in Los Angeles. So I said, no judgment, no judgment in regards to culture, religion, you know, color of your skin. There is no judgment. We're all the same. And all we all make mistakes because we don't know better. We have not learned. We're not exposed, not because intentionally we want to make mistakes or intentionally we want to harm others. Mm-hmm. We just don't know any other way. And then, you know, the third one was definitely it's like every day really just wake up and and be happy and forget about yesterday i cannot go back and change yesterday and the more i hold those grudges of why was i born there why did they do this to me that's really not going to help me out i'm I'm going to live in the past instead of living in the present so So i said stop stop, just let go yeah so those three lessons uh you've incorporated in your teachings, and uh, again, you you teach at the university. You also teach at high school. Uh, high school also. Yes, high school in the morning. Yes, and I'm, I'm teaching philosophy. And university and... in the afternoon. What what do you notice the difference between the two? Because again, high school students. Uh, again, you're working with a, a a more challenged population of teens, aren't you? Yeah, well, they are 17 and 18 years old, and I I actually love that that age bracket because I think that's when. You know, they they know how to spell college instead of collage. So, <laughs> <laughs> so they kind of like know where they're going. Yeah. And then, you know, the other side, you know, I have both ends of the rainbow, the ones that got into college and they, they were struggling in high school or were not struggling in high school. They were doing very well. Yeah. And um I, you know, at the end of the day, I always consider them as adults. I don't want to treat them as children. I don't want to babysit them. I only give them guidance. I'm like, this is how I would have done it. This is how, you know, maybe it's the right way to me. But then you can pick your way, and as long as you back it up and you tell me why, that's that's my main, most important reason why, you're good to go. So I... You know, it's it's probably it's the other end, you know, of living in the communist regime where everybody would tell you how to do and how to act. It's like here, just act how you want. I will tell you my opinion, and if I agree or disagree, you would have to have a really good reason to back up, you know, your ideas. Yeah. And I, it's it's a very very easygoing relationship. I don't really have anybody saying anything negative because the moment they start opening their mouths, I'm like, okay, can we rephrase this so it's actually going to help us out instead of harming us? Yeah. It's the same idea, but instead of saying, you know, oh, it's really, really raining outside. Oh, my God, it's so cold. Well, I really hope that the sun is going to come out. It's kind of like the same thing, but now you see the bright side of things instead of seeing, you know, the dark side. Yeah. And, well, you've, you've, and, got, you've, you've got to be an inspiration to, to both uh, the high school students and, and the college students because you, you really do have a story of triumph. I mean, again, not everyone is going to leave their country. Not everyone is going to come to this country and be as successful as you are and you have been. And what you continue to do is share those, those gifts and those talents with others. 
So what what would you what would you say today after after everything that you've accomplished, which is many many things, and of course this book of yours, uh, Out of Transylvania, a, a story of tyranny, freedom, love, and identity. But what do you what would you say your key to success is today, this very day? Probably to be curious. You know, if you are not curious enough, you will not discover anything. And by curiosity, you only can improve yourself. You can get to know others. It's not even courage. I think it's curiosity. The moment you are curious, you will be courageous as well. And that's really the door to any opportunities. The moment I'm going to be curious to learn about cultures, I'm going to develop myself. The moment I'm going to be curious about learning, I'm going to start writing. So it's it's something, it's a process that, you know, opens up opportunities and doors that you never even thought that they would have been there, you know, to begin with. Well, you know, they they talk about especially women, you know, especially women as they're growing older tend to start pulling in instead of, uh, because they, sometimes we let our fears overtake us, and and you know again this is where I, I think to stay smart and amazing. This I talk about this on the radio show, and they talk about this in the introduction. Is that one of the things that women we have to keep doing is we have to keep leaning in. That's what Sheryl Sandberg talks about. But we have to lean in, and we have to continue to to, to stretch also, and and continue to as you say, I call, you call it curious, and I think it's a wonderful thing because. Curiosity is a wonderful thing, but to keep learning and to keep trying and doing different things and and challenging ourselves and and getting past our fears and I think that's definitely that one of your true talents is that you know if if anything you're you've used everything in your life to be a vehicle to get where you are today so you know so if you were to tell someone today who's basically saying, yeah, it's easy for you to say that, or it's easy for you to be so positive all the time. It's easy because, look, you've made it. You're, you know, you're a, you have a, you're a doctor, you, you teach, you, you have a great life. It's easy for you to say that. But what would you tell someone today who says, basically, I don't, I don't know, I don't believe you and I don't, I don't really know what to do next. What would, what would you be your greatest advice for them at this point? Well, I think that the first thing would be just forget about your past. And I'm not saying not to look back, but don't judge yourself today on how you were yesterday. You know, you you cannot bath twice in the water of the same river. So today you are different than you were yesterday. And whatever you've done yesterday, it's gone, it's passed, it's filed away. And Today, you know, it's it's just a new day. It's literally, it's a new you. And the moment you look at yourself every day with new pair of eyes, you will discover things that you never thought you possessed. Yeah, I, I love. I, I I have spoken with another woman before. I mean, she's a she's written books and whatever, Lisa Price. But she's she talks about writing a, a new chapter. That chapter's over. You know, every yeah. every day is a new chapter, and as you say, a new opportunity and and. Yeah, and we we each have a choice each and every day how we choose to approach the day and how we choose to think about it, and how and and I love your your thing about the every day has the potential of a lifetime and and we, each of us has 24 hours a day and each of us has a choice what we do with those 24 hours a day. Yesterday is done. Today is all we have. Tomorrow is yet to be, and we're not even promised tomorrow. So I think we all are beginning to understand that when we do. We can live joyous in a joyful fashion, 
and also share those talents and those abilities. And I want, I want to congratulate you because that's what you're Thank doing. You. You're, you're sharing your gifts. You're sharing your passion for life. And you know what? We need that. Uh, we need. Uh, we don't need any more naysayers. We need people who can really say, you know, hey, get off, get, you know, get out of, get off your little hiney there, and, and go, go live your life, and and quit whining. You know, I like the ones you need some, you know, stop your whining and go go forward because it, it's it's a great day and it's an opportunity for you to make it anything the day any any way you want it to be. It's action. It's like you want something to be done, you know, start moving. Put yourself in action, and only then you will see a reaction. Nothing happens when it sits, you know, the river has to flow, you know. So you need to flow in life. You need to go with the flow, your own flow. Yeah, well, we we are, you know, and I think you also say this, and I've said this many times, if we all were just more responsible for our own selves and our own actions, and as you said, uh, you know, we're not, we're not blaming others. We're not looking outside ourselves for the reasons why we're not successful or whatever. But if we are responsible for ourselves and we take action in that respect, I think we'd all be so much better, you know, so much oh, better oh. off. Well, tell us more about where to get this wonderful book of yours, your your great story, and, and more about what you're doing. I'm so glad I got to meet you in Pasadena. I'm so glad we finally Oh, my God, I know. What a small world. It was my pleasure, literally, you know, to, to meet you in person. I hope to see you again in person soon. Well, I'm up in, <laughs> yeah. in Montecito, so you need to come up and visit anytime you're up here. If you're teaching or speaking or whatever, let me know. But uh, like I said, once you're connected with the uh, women – Smart, amazing women, uh, and the Women Connect for Good Foundation. You are you're one of our sisters. But uh, so, where do they so find much. the book and more about you? So, you know, they can always go on transylvanianight.com, Transylvania Night, and that's where they're going to find my book called Out of the Transylvania Night. And obviously, it's my first and last name, Aura A U R A Imbarus I M B A R U S dot com, Aura Imbarus dot com, or transylvanianight.com and you know, I'm always, you know, out there either speaking or promoting my book or now I'm writing two other books that, you know, they will appear towards the end of this year. So, you know, one actually deals with the laws of attractions and the other one is dealing with fears, how to overcome our fears. Um, those are those are very important, laws of attraction for sure, but overcoming our fears, I think that's where... That's where number one. That's number one. <laughs> But keep stretching and keep doing all these amazing things. And, and as I said, we will we will be in touch. And, and one of the goals of the, the Women Connect for Good Foundation is to promote everyone's work. And so what we will do is what we can to, to promote your works and your book and everything else. And anything Thank else you. And, I mean, whenever people want to email me, it's really aurainvirus at yahoo.com. So I'm always going to be, you know, responding to you know, people's questions or concerns, I really think that, like you said, we are all connected and we're here to help each other out. That's exactly right. So we'll just keep on doing the good stuff and you keep uh, you keep it up and congratulations on all things. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me on your show, Dr. Nancy. Thank right. you.